Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. <laughs> Hello, Hufflings! Hello! Welcome back! To another episode with me, Jasper William Cartwright. And with me, as always, is... Leander Onati Lewis Nyawong. An m special. Ooh. <laughs> Damn. This en- episode is not sponsored by M&S. <laughs> At all. <laughs> oh, wow. That's my uh, favorite intro you've ever done. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, my, my ears feel like chocolate Someone right now. That was great. pay that was... me to sell chocolate or that was perfume. ASMR right there. Pay me. <laughs> um, and uh, Jeremy Cobb. Sorry. Uh, but some people call me Jacob. Do they? Yes. It's a more recent huh. one. More Fair recent. enough. When did that happen? I'll call you Jacob. You're not, you're not uh, Jacob. Why? Yeah, that's strange. Um, because I was playing in a game... I was kind of guest starring in a in a uh-huh. in one of my good friends uh D&D games and mm. there was another guy in that campaign named Jacob and for whatever uh. reason people kept getting the two I I think it was like people called uh, called me Jacob or him Jeremy and so we just decided to switch names and so for the rest of the session I would only answer to Jacob and he would only answer to Jeremy I think that classic was how it got Jeremy. started Okay classic fair Remy. enough classic It is classic Remy. true Agent classic Remy uh, yeah it is a very new thing to do yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh. Let's listen to us talk about fat art in episode three. <laughs> Let's make them even more black. Oh my god! Vandal in the room! Lemming, lemming, teachable moment. Yeah. Full prince vibe? Woo. Is this the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon? <laughs> We're about to get into something real big now. So, in today's episode, we thought we would talk about the role of the dice. Uh, this is probably one of the most hotly contested episodes. I right. do, do not doubt this will be. Do you drop the dice, or do you like? Is it more of like? Well, you this, get is, go, ex- let this it go is exactly it. Hand. This yeah. is exactly it. This, like, how this do is the topic you roll we need to discuss. it? What's like, the best way? Do you like, do you into like a... throw it like Ali? Like oh god, her right? Ali rolls. just oh. full, but sometimes like, they lose up. it completely off the table. <laughs> yeah, but I love it. Do you go for the alley oop? Do you like like dunk it into the? Do you know what I mean? Do you shake it up? before yes! that see now that's a big one for me especially on a big roll like on a big roll you gotta shake it up a little bit of like you know <laughs> like you're talking to your ancestors sorry the las, Ve- the las vegas i have a player in my main game who mm-hmm. their turns always take a very long time for whatever reason because they feel the need to before every turn be like okay guys here's what i'm gonna do all right and like every single time and then I'll be like, okay, it'll be like five minute turns. And I'll be like, can just you please it. roll? Could you, and then, then, just... then they'll just take the dice and. <laughs> it's like, it's like waiting for Novak Djokovic to hit a serve. Just like, come on, please. It does take so long. Just, just, just drop the thing and tell me the number. 
donkey. Yeah. I mean, but also, I, I I do relate to that friend of yours because, like, if you're playing like a rogue and you just landed like a crit with sneak attack and your fighter, you got all those extra dice, and you're like, that's like, a lot. You're that's like, a lot. You're like battle master dice as well, and you just want to, you just, just want to shake them for a bit, like you just want to go like maracas, you know, like you just want to like, hear that sound before you like deliver your damage. Yeah, that, I, I hey, look, I'm with you. <laughs> I just don't think it's going to make a difference. Yeah, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It, they're a druid. Like, they, they don't even like have sneak attack. <laughs> they mostly heal people. I don't even get it. They're just getting that extra health. That's all it is. Yeah, they're just getting that extra health. I think like I only ever do that like if if I crit at like a really high level on a rogue with sneak attack plus multi class fighter and I've got like loads of dice, then I'm like, okay. Right, mm. let us collect yeah. them. Yeah, I need okay. I need a D two D eights there, couple of yeah. D sixes yeah. here, an extra two D six for my sneak attack, and then I'm like the <laughs> Macarena. Pah! Yeah. And then and then yeah, exactly. And then, then you it's... roll all ones and you look like a yeah. fucking ass. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. you were doing with Ongenagama in the first uh oh. session with those damage rolls. I know, oh. they were terrible, but then like, R.I.P. those damage rolls. Do you know what? Like the second episode with those saves, I was like, thank you, and said, Yeah, 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 yeah. Re delivered. They re delivered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. I needed a nat twenty, I got it. Nat twenty. Like when I was begging yeah. for our lives, I was begging. <laughs> you I was did. Begging. Did. You, you 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 came through. Onginagama's back hurts from carrying Muti right now. <laughs> Actually, it really doesn't hurt at all. It really doesn't hurt, like, at, all. hurt you, at all. Especially if you've seen some of the recent She's fan got, art. He hasn't even broken a sweat. Yeah, if you've seen some of the recent fan art, like that that one of our uh, amazing halflings has done, Tank. Mm. Uh, they drew some of the most incredible stuff, and you can clearly oh see Muti is like a skinny little boy. And Ongenagama is an absolute monster. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> like, like, yes, she she has got muscles on muscles, muscles on, on muscles. muscles. Even like, like, I think I drew some new muscle groups and I was like, yes. Yeah, they literally was like, yeah, I, I, I invented new muscle groups. Yeah. <laughs> she has new muscle groups. But yeah. like, I don't um, know, yeah, Muti looks amazing so, as well. Uh, big, big love to Tank. Big love to Tank. Big love to Tank. Thank you, Tank. Uh, uh, I so I thought we should start with probably the most hotly contested or one of the most hotly contested uh, debates I think in D and D, which is the role of the dice and whether you ever have license to fudge the dice. Uh, I think mm. this is if ever there was a uh, an opinion that one of us was going to have that was going to cancel this show, this is the one. Like this is the hill that someone's going to be like, nope, I'm that's gonna die it. On it. I'm, I'm, a I'm gonna die on yeah. this hill, and I'm I'm not going to listen to three black halflings anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> but no but it's just think, one black halfling after this show yeah exactly it will <laughs> yeah. be it'll uh th- that fan will take over that's that's how it will work <laughs> yeah. um but no i think that there is uh it's a very interesting debate to be had here i know that i have a strong opinion uh from a dm's perspective which is very different to my like opinion as a player mm. uh so why don't i throw out to Unati? why don't you go first you're a bigger lover of dice yeah and i'd love to know coming. just generally i like what's your opinion of dice being a player and being a DM because I do think it's different for me. Yeah, it's different, for yeah. me it's definitely different. Like as a player, like there is no middle ground. You, the dice are what the dice say. Like I think mm-hmm. if you begin to start fudging dice rolls as a player, well then don't play D and D. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like well because then you're you're deciding what your character can do as opposed to letting it be collaborative and randomized, which yes. is, I think is the spirit and the fun of the game. Mm. Yeah. As a DM, 
Um, Could I just jump in really yeah. quickly on the on the player perspective? Yeah. Just because it, it just yeah, that sure. was uh, one of the things. It's like trusting your DM that even if you fail at something, it will still be cool. Yeah, like that's the yeah. big thing for yeah. me is that like even if you you spend ages describing a thing and then you roll in that one, like it's it's it, it will still be a cool moment. Yeah. It will something will still happen. The the story will still progress. Exactly. So you don't need to like. Add an extra layer. Exactly. Sorry, that was, it was just because it really led on from that point. No, no, no. So yeah. go I, ahead from you, no, DM. For sure. Like, and even just to like quickly like um, <sighs> dovetail on that. Like, some of my best like character moments have been when I've rolled that once. Hundred percent. Do you know what I mean? Like, just 100%. let the dice decide because then it's more exciting. Anyway, but um, um, from a DM's perspective, now here is where I get a bit contentious. Mm-hmm. Um, because here it is. Well, no. About to cancel TB Halfways. <laughs> Here we go. Um, so I suffered and learned during Curse of Strahd. Uh, <laughs> it's true. And, and do you know what? It's fine. And like, what all it's done is, you know that thing that Darren used to talk about? Sorry, I'm going to speak about Darren Orem, our old voice teacher, where he talks about um, unconscious incompetence, conscious incompetence. Oh, yeah. Incompetence, yes. Unconscious yeah. competence. Like, um, I've very much found myself in the space just about from like conscious incompetence into into conscious competence when I was in those battles. And I'm, why don't you explain oh. that just for our listeners who maybe don't yeah. uh, know cool the ins and outs of, yeah. uh, of voice so, work? It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's the concept of learning skills or acquiring knowledge or doing stuff in general. Anything you want to do, any skill you want to learn, whether you want to knit, woodwork, I don't know, start doing kung fu, whatever. This is the process of learning. Unconscious incompetence is when you're doing something and you don't actually know what you don't know about it. I'm gonna like make it really simple. Like you have no idea. Yeah. You're just a noob. You're like ah, you're so I bad you don't doing. realize how bad you are. Bad you are. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then conscious incompetence is where you're like, okay, I've done a bit of the legwork. I've done it like I've done the reading. I've been engaging a bit, and now I know how bad I am. <laughs> yeah. And now I know I now suck. I know yeah. like well, not even like I know I suck. I know where to start looking. Improving. Like mm-hmm. like, like I can go like conscious incompetence i'm like oh i know exactly where my flaws are mm-hmm. conscious competence is where you are doing the thing at a very good good skill level but you are actively thinking about doing it it's not second nature like you're actively right. consciously working yeah. on it therefore conscious mm-hmm. competence unconscious competence is when man you're just sailing like you're just there you're yeah. dropping bars because like mm-hmm. you are so competent you're so adept at the at, at, you know adept at the skill you've been doing it long enough that it's become potentially i will use the term muscle memory that might not apply yeah. to everything but just think automatic it's yeah yeah become automatic. It's, it's become automatic yeah. like walking um, or the majority yeah. of people yes. they get to a point i mean if you watch a baby walk and adult, an adult walk. They are thinking about it. Adult, the baby's working <laughs> hard at it. And yeah. He's like, whereas, oh my God, don't fall. Yeah. yeah. Whereas most adults, if they want to walk to a spot, don't even think about the process yeah. of walking. Yeah, exactly. Yes. You're always thinking about something else. Exactly. Yeah. Like that process of mini falls, like you're not considering it. Like it's just yeah. happening. It's like, I don't know, like it's like um, learning how to drive as well. Like, you know, you learn how to drive mm-hmm. and then eventually like you're like doing like handle brake turns and, you know, you're, yeah. you're yeah. just handling yourself because. Learning you know, a language learning anything anything knitting crocheting cosplay whatever you want to do gaming even i've been finding myself in that lovely um with turn-based um rpgs which i'm loving right now Mm. um transistor (laughs) beautiful game anyway um, i digress um (laughs) um but i really found myself in that position because it was 
I was at a space where I kind of knew what the character could do at face level. Um, mm. But then I was faced with two, I'm going to speak about this as if you guys are not in the room, but you are. Um, <laughs> I was faced with two really good players, but then like, mm. that is what, that's what I mean about conscious competence. I was right mm. at that point where I was like, it's too late. And if I'm, if I'm being a fair DM, I can't now all of a sudden pull rank up the table and go, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Actually, um, mm-hmm. you did your turn. I've rolled these dice. Therefore, it means I can take this turn retroactively. Like that yeah. makes no sense. Like that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not fair because that undermines your player's ingenuity. That mm. undermines your player's mm. skill. And that also like kills the fun of the game because then mm. it becomes a versus situation where it should just yes. be all yeah. of us playing the game together. Can and I, I jump in a on lot that? from that? Yeah, go can for I that you mentioned if you were like oh i've already rolled these dice this is what happens i've i've never experienced this but i've seen it in enough videos and stuff to Mm -hmm. know that in like writing stuff to know that it must happen with some regularity at other tables but apparently there's a there's a practice of players rolling something before the dm says they can roll it so they'll be like um, I want to roll a perception check and they roll it and the DM, the DM has not said yes. And they're like, yes. roll it at the nat 20. And now the DM has to be like, well, I didn't say you say could you roll, say roll you could And, roll and it, sometimes yeah. people, sometimes people will do that with attacks. Some like, and it can do stuff that'll really mm. throw things off. Yeah, because, like, you're in a situation where like surprise is contested. Like you can't be just rolling your attack. Like yeah, 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 yeah. To, like, Resolve surprise, right? Yeah. Like, or what if you... there was something story wise going on? Ah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, okay. Say, say at the dinner, you, we were like, Strahd is talking and I was like, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and cast Psionic Blast. Uh, they all need to make or maybe something with an attack roll. Maybe something. Yeah. I run up and stab yeah, Strahd yeah. with a stun sword. No, it'd be, it'd be worse 20. than that. It would be worse than that. Yeah, it, it would just be like, uh, oh, uh, I I roll a nat twenty to attack him. Like, yeah, that's just, like, like you know well, what I mean. And, no. and you and you and Strahd monologue. wouldn't have just stood there. Yeah, yeah, but Strahd wouldn't have stood. Like Strahd wouldn't have just yeah. been like, oh, there's a guy running at me with a sword. I guess I'll just take. I'm it. I'm just gonna let this happen whilst <laughs> no. I'm. Strahd, it would be like, oh, okay, roll initiative. Fucking mist of bats. And then yeah, roll exactly. initiative. Like yeah. we yeah. then have to resolve that by saying, "Well, he's gonna. Mm. If you're, if you feel so gung ho about taking a dice roll like that, then I'm gonna feel gung ho about just going. Well, he just turns into a fucking bunch of bats, and then we roll <laughs> initiative when he's in his frigging, you know, um, yeah, 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 his, yeah. his punishment state, and then yeah. we see how that. But like, you don't want to play like that. It, yeah, because like you said, me, it's like, combative. It's combative. Yes. And what I love about D&D is that it's collaborative um, mm-hmm. and that we're all kind of learning and we're all playing together and we're all trying to have a good time. And I took way more away from that experience and has informed me way more as a DM in the future than if I had just decided, well, I'm DM and I'm supposed to be the badass. No, like let your players yeah, do yeah, what they're yeah, going to yeah. do and let them be smart. And then my final point on this is, however, when I play with my two kids, with Sol and Dylan... <laughs> There are times where I'm like, oh, y'all made a silly decision and y'all decided to go <laughs> up against this warlock. Oh, boy. And and then what I like, I won't necessarily fudge the dice rolls, but sometimes what I'll do is I'll go, you're not prepared for this. This was supposed to be a, a scene, like a narrative scene. Um, mm. You're not prepared to go toe to toe with this person, uh, but you have. I'm just mm. going to immediately halve the, halve the stats in my head. 
Like I'll just have them. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Um, so sometimes it's less about fudging the dice, more about fudging the kind of like yeah. Yeah. encounter the or However, fudging the situation. They're yeah. really clever and they've caught me on it and they've been like, no, we want to play Ooh. fair. Like they've got little kids. Oh, like, that's tough. I want to play that's with these Yes. Yeah. Soul, soul is amazing. This is Baron von Vida, man. Yeah. I mean, Baron von Vida doesn't mess about. Wyver, like, Baron von Vida, but like, Wyver is incredible. Like, they're like they're both incredible players, and they're having mm. so much fun. And I'm learning so much of playing with them. What you do there is yeah. the opposite of what I do. Whereas if <laughs> if somebody, I mean, uh, well, you experienced this. Uh, <laughs> if somebody's Hell gonna, yeah, if somebody's gonna, Hell if somebody's yeah. gonna take a stupid decision, it's like, well, I mean, consequences. You knew the stakes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, yep. All right, here you go. Like, but that will... made the game better because what it did in that particular instance, Jeremy, is that it, like you know, Onganagama is like a, a an like a lion head, axe wielding, muscle bound mm. woman, and mm-hmm. you would think her initial reaction would be to like go gung ho, but the moment she realized that this is not a fight that she can win, she just mm. began to beg, and yeah. she was humbled. But, like, <laughs> and the thing is, and, and, and I. And I and I completely, I completely agree in the sense that I, for, for me, that really worked as well because I, as a player, knew that was a stupid decision. But yeah. Mooty, in the scenario, saw this huge axe-wielding woman versus a, a spectral fish and went, well, okay, my odds are I fight her or I fight that fish. Yeah. I'm going to fight the fish. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, and then I learned the hard, you know, and, and Mooty learns the hard way kind of thing. And I think that that's, but like, ultimately, I know that that is going to, that, that moment like the it's moment that he like so knelt down in the water and was just praying yeah. mm-hmm. is the first time that Mooty's ever like truly prayed yeah. just like uh, 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 in like a point of just complete loss yeah. yeah do you know what i mean so that was a huge character moment yeah. for him that was a huge character huge. moment, and it's gonna lead to so much more exciting stuff because i cannot wait until tomorrow night and we find out who Ooh. that um guy is yeah. yeah i'm like guys what's going on and when is he gonna get his arms back yeah. I hope it's soon because I am literally a fish out of water with I mean, these flippers. Let's like, put it this way: this if Onganagama is... had not rolled a natural twenty persuasion, you probably would have lost more than your arms. Yeah, uh, you probably. Yeah, I don't think you would have died, but you would have lost a lot. But a lot more. Yeah. Thank you, dice. Um, that was my favorite dice roll ever yeah. in my entire life. Yeah, I was, was genuinely stressed, and I think that like if you fudge dice rolls, especially as a player, if you're doing that, you cheat yourself out of the experience of real role play. Mm. Because mm, yeah. there was there were yes. moments like in that where I was I honest to God begged for my life in my bed like yeah, I was literally yeah, yeah. begging, begging. <laughs> I was sweating yeah. I was stressed I was like why did you have to like fireballed him what the <laughs> fuck <laughs> it was a fireball I think no, a fireball I love okay. you in with a full fireball that's no, such it's so, yeah. so like all in do you know what I think that like OP spell. I like I will I will admit I think the fireball that was a bit of Jasper in that moment because I've always wanted to play the spellcaster who overreacts and casts fireball when they really shouldn't like yeah. I think that's like an archetypal D and D thing yeah. which I'd never got to do before yeah. and so I was just like I'm just gonna do this this one time I'm just happens. gonna cast fireball when I know I shouldn't yeah <laughs> and usually it works well like usually yeah, fireball yeah, exactly. enough in that to... instance literally in this case... roll the dice to yeah. bring us back to yeah. our topic, like roll the dice and see what happens and See just what let happens. that yeah. be okay i'm gonna stop yeah. talking now because i've been railroaded no no oh, that, that was, was great. fantastic Thank you. that was genuinely like I, I i love that and i knew that i knew nati would be like the, the fiery passion that she has for these dice i love it <laughs> mm. um uh, do, do you want to want to jump in jeremy I, yeah uh, w- w- what's your thoughts uh, on this? a lot of what i will say i think will second what unati says um 
as a player, I don't think I've ever fudged a dice roll. I've played with people who have fudged dice rolls, and it usually becomes mm. obvious after a while. Yes. Um, and that's also a thing. Players, we know. Like your DM knows. Okay. Yeah. I just want you. Like I want you to know now. The DM mm, definitely. Knows. I know. <laughs> you are lying to me. Why are you frying me? It's mm. never been people that I've been DMing. It's always been people I've played with. I've been a player, oh, right? And okay. I've looked at them and been like, "Mm-mm, that's <laughs> not. <laughs> that's not legit. That's not possible. Uh, There's no way you've rolled you, that again. You've no. just rolled. It, it, you've just critted three times in a row. Do you think? I'm <laughs> yeah, like, and also the thing is, I think you've got to like, if 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 someone crits three times in a row and their mind doesn't melt out of their ears with excitement, you know they're lying. Exactly. Yeah. Like, if I critted three times in a row, everyone <laughs> in the entire area of Manchester would no, know because exactly. I would be screaming my lungs out like. <laughs> Let's go! Let's go! So if you don't get that reaction... (laughs) Or if it's like, this person hasn't rolled below a 16 in like three or four sessions. Like Like, a long time. Over sessions? Yeah, it'll be like over sessions. It's like... like it's like you're playing like crazy eight or poker and you're lying. Yeah, it it becomes really frustrating to play with as a player because it's like, well, then why am I even here? Like I'm uh, subjecting yeah. myself to this because the dice, uh, yeah. as as I've seen in in many a commentary from various DMs, the dice are essentially another player. They're like the yeah. other. They're the other yes. dungeon master almost. Yeah. Who yes. who can even supersede what the dungeon master wants to do in some cases if the dungeon master yeah. lets allow. I love it. I love it. That moment where you somebody rolls dice and you're like, well, there goes my notebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I no, absolutely. I I I completely agree in the sense that I think, and I think that you nailed it earlier. You know, you, you cheat yourself out of a moment by doing mm-hmm. it. Like, and the reason, uh, the the perfect example for any of you who watch Critical Role, the the Will Wheaton in season one is one of the most glorious like two episodes of yeah. a, a, of a thing because he just doesn't roll anything other than ones like it's like he's fudging it the wrong way yeah. because he i think he literally he's he's in it for like two or three sessions and he rolls a genuinely about seven or eight nat ones per session and this is like sessions in a row it's not like they've gone away for a few weeks and this is like he comes in the next week and he's just boom back to rolling ones mm-hmm. ones 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 like, like it gets to a point where it's like everyone is screaming with joy just because he hits Oh you know, gosh. but like, it, and and it was called the Will Wheaton curse, and like, like he even took that dice, and I think he gave it to Marisha as like a, a like a Halloween present or something. <laughs> that, that one that dice, die. that's awesome. But like the moments and the joy that everyone had at that table, the the moments that he got as a player, and like the what happened to his character, and having to roleplay that. Mm. I think that for me, this is this is part of it, and I think that, and and I can say this as someone who has fudged two dice rolls in his life and felt awful about it, the mm. hot for the rest of the session, and then immediately stopped. Oh, <laughs> like man. it was just, it was just, I was being, I was being a noob, and I was just like yeah. really excited, and I just wanted to do the cool thing, and oh. and I think, it, I think it was like it was must have been one of the early ones with you, Jeremy, where yeah. like. I'd fallen out of the tree and I kept missing attacks. <laughs> and I was just like, no, this is, yeah. you know. And I think what it does is it comes from a place of wanting to just like want to, to some extent, wanting to decide what happens to your character, yeah. which I can completely understand. Absolutely. Like as a player, I can completely Human understand. Human have no control over themselves. Yeah, but I can understand that you want to, yeah. uh, you want to have yeah. that badass moment yeah. and you want to, you know, 
But I think that if you think of it as the dice is a way for the story to happen to you. Mm-hmm. It's the way for you to go on a journey yeah. as well. Mm. Like the only way I feel as a player you can truly invest like a hundred percent is if you allow the dice to be if you if you're honest with the dice. Yeah. yeah. Because then things will happen to your play, your your character, which you didn't expect, which yeah. is exactly how life it works, works yeah. right? Yeah. Like we, you know, it, it's in, in a not a very literal sense, but in life you're always rolling, you know, a chance. Effectively, there's always an element of chance with almost everything you do, whether it's that you randomly bump into someone, mm. whether you see that person. You know, literally, mm-hmm. it can be like, oh, you happen to spot an old friend in the street, yeah. and then you get talking again, and you end up working together or something. Yeah. Yeah. Only happens because you roll high on a perception check, which is, yeah, to an to an extent, luck. Yeah. And so, I think that to truly embrace the spirit of TTRPGs as a player, you have to respect the dice, yeah. and it will be more enjoyable for you. It will yeah. in the in the long run. You will look back and, and it will feel like more of a ride, more of an adventure. Yeah. Uh, you mm. you will have given up more control to the DM to take you somewhere and to really challenge you and give you something yeah um uh, empowering and awesome as opposed to like eh, this, this, this is fine. Is, like, so yeah. you just you just want to is... play John Wick. Um, so why don't you just go to, like to like a fighting range and go do some kung fu? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just to follow on on your sorry, sorry, sorry. Jim. Oh no, go ahead. Your no, point, no, no, like, honestly, stupid, go for it. Like super quickly. Like um when I as a I'm struggling actually as a DM um with the dice rolls when things go quote unquote in my favor as DM. Because I don't mm-hmm. think like as a DM there's like any favor. You're just trying to like facilitate the story, right? Mm-hmm. Um but like when I roll and I'm like, oh my goodness, my 14th level spellcaster just critted. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's I the moment. That. That, I enjoy that. Being like, and, yes. well, that's great. I mean, like for me, like, and and I really need to learn from you because for me, like, that is the moment where I'm immediately like, how do I fudge Ooh. this dice roll? Like, I don't know. Ooh. I need to. I don't know. I, I I do espouse the 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 philosophy of suffer and learn, but also when I'm like, this will literally kill you. Yeah. Like, this amount of damage mm-hmm. will literally end you. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna adjust that, but also I think what I need to learn is I need to also like put my encounters into like KFC or something because Kentucky Fried Chicken? Um, yeah. Cold Cold Fight Club. (laughs) Okay. I'm like, you go to, you go, like like a KFC KFC? by your house that you go to and there's just like a, like a a guru there, some DM guru. Yeah, do you empty out like a bucket of chicken and roll in the in the chicken bucket or something? Like, what's the use it as a roll tray? You summon the spirit of Colonel Sanders, who turns out was huge into like his spectral Colonel Sanders is huge into D and D, massive. And he's just like, D&D. now Unate, here's what I'm saying right now. <laughs> it is KFC, right? It's Cobalt Fight Club, say, right? Where like you check whether your encounters are balanced, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. No, I know what you and, mean. I, yes. and I've only started using it recently, and I should have started using it before because apparently I was actually trying to kill my players. Like, well, no, no. Here's but, here's. I have a couple of thoughts on this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah go ahead. This is. I'm going to jump back to what I was going to say earlier. Sorry, but sorry, on body. the subject of combats, mm-hmm. um, I think I've mentioned this on the show before. Certainly, uh, Brennan Lee Mulligan has said it a number of times. Um, you, your the the encounters that are rated as deadly usually are not fine yeah they're yeah, usually because they kept fine. coming up as deadly and i was like oh i'm gonna kill them no, no. players players no. are way stronger 
way stronger than mm. you would think. Um, as soon as yeah, as there are there are like by like I've thrown so many absurdly. Uh, my my players just finished a combat recently at the time of recording where they fought fifteen merfolk, five marrow, and they weren't just like regular merfolk. They were like CR one merfolk plus like a CR three or something like five CR three marrows plus like three CR two or three hunter sharks plus something else. I don't even remember, but it was, it was a lot of stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And based on pure action economy, it was an extremely deadly fight. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But oh, no, sorry. The other, the last two things were two water elementals. That's what it was. Cr five oh, wow. water elementals. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, um, yeah. That's a. This headgum podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit! Even aunts. Yes, especially aunts. Oh well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HEADGUM at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. And I'm the best spice. The, and I had to literally use tactics to make it a close fight because the yeah. sheer amount of damage um, parties, uh, adventuring parties, well, PCs in general are balanced to have relatively lower HP in comparison to enemies, yes. but very high damage output in comparison uh, to enemies. And yeah. so one one uh, one of the people on in that party can per turn routinely dish out 30 to 40 plus Yay! points of damage, points of damage. Yeah. easily. Yeah, easy. Uh, easy. And if you get them all together in a round, they can do well over 100. 
and that's going to blow yeah. through a lot of en- lot. enemies pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Especially a single enemy, which is that's the, why running yeah. single enemies is usually a really bad idea if you want it to be yeah. a really big challenge. The way to run single enemies is to mm-hmm. either give them very advantageous terrain, so which Jasper okay. did yep. one time when uh, we were on a boat and this uh, this gigantic blue dragon showed up and it could teleport, and we were just all stuck yep. on a boat. So now the dragon yeah. can fly, and we're just st- stuck in one spot. Um, yeah. And that limits us. And it had like a line attack, which meant it could hit several. Yeah, it could hit a bunch once. of us. Yikes. Or you, um, you give the the enemy the ability to summon things. So mm-hmm. at the yeah. time of this, at the time of this battle, or the, excuse me, the time of this, the time this episode will have been released, because uh, this won't get released for like a few weeks. Um, my players will have potentially faced off a creature that I've kind of semi-homebrewed that can summon ghosts which are like cr4 this creature stat block is Mm. cr11 but it's just that creature and can summon a bunch of ghosts so now it becomes way harder um or or the other thing is to make the thing so insanely op yeah that like they're having to like pull out all the stops to try and stop it all the stops yeah because otherwise they're just going to stack damage and, and wear it down really really quickly I and I think that the, the thing that like uh, Cobalt Fight Club and like D and D Beyond and things cannot realistically ever take into account yeah. is imagination and environment. But, yeah. And the thing is, like, yeah. that's a huge part of how players have the upper hand in a lot of scenarios. Mm-hmm. Whereas it is, you are like one mind trying to control it. Like you just said, I mean, how many different things was that? Like what, twenty two? It was. It was close to enemies? thirty. It was close to thirty. Enemies. It was close to thirty enemies. You're controlling thirty enemies. You're never going to have the optimum choice. You're never going to make the optimum choice for each one of those merfolk, marrow, mm-hmm. or water elementals. Mm. Whereas they are going to always be making the absolute like optimum choice in that moment, most of the time in terms of damage output and hitting things and etc. Plus, then you layer on top of that like environment. So you know players will always pull out things like oh, there's water there, so if I hit it with like lightning Lane. or whatever, yeah, that's, then that's, that's going to do this extra damage to like areas and da da da. Like the the session zero that we had, Jeremy, where you had a bunch of flying kobolds, co- and because I managed to paralyze them with my hypnotic pattern, they all just fell out the sky and died. Yeah. So it was like you, you know it, it, like environmental stuff like that makes a huge difference. Even just how you place creatures, like. Yeah. You know, I, I'm now getting used to the fact that, like, never just have all of your enemies walking in through one door because they'll just get smoked, <laughs> like, instantly. You've got to, like, th- 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 you've got to do, like, a howling in the night as the wolves close in from all sides thing yeah. if you yeah. wanted to even be remotely difficult for them to handle because they just have all these abilities which could do, like, massive area damage. I'm yeah. starting um, to understand now, and I think it's becoming clearer because <laughs> I've started, like, recently over the last sort of three months, started playing, um, uh, like turn mechanics um rpgs like turn-based mm-hmm. rpgs um been playing transistor oh my god it's so good mm-hmm. it's so good it is so good um and now i'm like oh okay that's why i keep doing so well in the encounters because no matter how much the games devs thought about the encounter they set up for me they cannot account for the fact that i am also a thinking randomizing creature Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly okay, it. Yeah. And you. and then and then also you add in the layer of the dice, right? Yeah. Which yep. is that yeah. there it is perfectly possible, just like happened in the first session of Wagadu, that Jeremy as the DM rolls like absolute garbage and can't hit a bundle with a machine gun. Yeah. So yeah. you know that happened. could also <laughs> I happen. couldn't hit a man with a uh, with a ten AC. 
<laughs> with nine uh, creatures. Literally nine creatures. Nine <laughs> it's still one of the funniest of things that's ever happened made. on this show. Um, and amazing. I'm so glad we were in the same room for that moment that because great. just watching the watching Jeremy's faith in dice just fall out completely. Just like what the what is going on here? Yeah, it was disgusting. Um, uh, I, but uh, uh, following on a, an earlier point mm. that you had made, Jasper, you were talking about people fudging dice and how they're cheating themselves. Um, yes. As yeah. also as a player, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, yes, um, as a player, not only oh yes, 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 that's what it was. You're cheating yourself out of story developments. If you want any listeners want a really good example of how. In, in this, we've been talking a lot about terrible dice rolls. How about of how terrible dice rolls can actually influence a character in really interesting ways? Um, oh yeah, yeah. There are three instances uh, that I can think of uh, from the show Dimension Twenty where it was a big deal. If you ever watch Escape from the Blood Keep, um, oh, yeah. uh, Matt Mercer's character Leland just has garbage yes. rolls for most terrible. of the campaign, and it became yep. a character trait. Um, he's, yeah. he's based on the Witch King of Angmar, which from Lord of the Rings. So one of those powerful beings so in the world. So powerful, And yeah. this man is just, you no. Know, try as he might. Lost He can't kick faith. the football. He's Charlie Brown constantly missing the football. <laughs> and everyone else is is mocking him. And it, it became part of the yeah. team dynamic. It became part of his yeah. characterization. And probably uh, like, just I know this like is a, folded this is... it in. It was beautiful. The- yeah, and also partly the thing that I found so gorgeous about that was the fact that it was Matt Mercer as well, like one of the most experienced <laughs> players, DMs. Do you know what I mean? Like, and he was pulling out like the most optimum moves every time he said what he was going to do. You saw Brennan like, oh man, this is the end of the encounter. Like, this is it. Like, you know that he, you know he was cone of cold and you know yeah. pushing people off of things and breaking them, but none of it was working. And it was yep. so, it was so glorious, and it really was. It really was a huge part of the narrative of that campaign. Yeah, um, and and another example from that same campaign would be Ethink in in later episode, yeah. the especially the ship battle leading into the the episode, the RP episode after that was just having yeah. nat one after nat one, like all of her mm-hmm. things were failing, and it mm. it brought the character to like a, a, a crisis, an actual like yeah. the characterization, and she actually developed as a person out of it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and it was I'm... huge. It was great. The the third example, you guys, I don't think have seen yet, but in fantasy high sophomore year uh there's an episode in which a friend of the show lou wilson um makes i would say a moody grade decision (laughs) um has a complete break with reality at that point because he lou wilson clearly knows that this is just the most unwise thing stupid thing but it's what his character would do the man is is it's uh paradoxical laughter he's just cracking up at the table just like but like it's like this manic like like thing as he go and it it goes about as well as you'd expect and in fact even worse because he keeps rolling natural ones uh barely survives um and just and but it ended up kicking off some really incredible character development for Mm. fabian um to the point where afterwards he's he's a different person in a lot of in a lot of ways and a better person in a lot of ways yeah yeah um so if if the group if you actually accept that element of chance it can change i mean the stuff that you can't predict i think is what really makes the campaign special you as a dm when your when your players do something you can't predict and start making choices yeah. that impact the world in ways you couldn't have predicted that for me is are my favorite moments uh because then it's like who knows where we're going to go from there yes. uh, and then as a player if the dice start doing some craziness sometimes they'll roll in your favor <laughs> yeah. and you're just like yeah 
Yeah. Uh, but if they roll horribly, then it can be just as impactful and it changes yeah. the whole campaign. Yeah. And I do think a lot of it is down to the trust of the DM. And this is kind of like leading me on actually to what mm. I was talking about. What I was thinking about was, is that um, I do think a, a large element is to make sure that as a DM, you're kind of like, I know it sounds weird, but like rewarding players in a way for like, for those, like those moments, because what I tend to find is that if I know someone is really like riding their dice, they are like, do you know what I mean? I I like, and they are just rolling with the punches. And not only that, like if they roll that nat one and I describe them falling over and, and their plan falling apart, that they then lean into that moment and don't just like pick themselves up indignantly and be like, oh, well, that's really annoying. And, and then kind of in a bit of a huff for the rest of the game, (laughs) if they like fall over and then are like why is this not working like what am i doing maybe i need to assess my life choices or whatever Mm -hmm. i've naturally as a dm reward that player more than i reward other players and Mm. like i don't i I don't even think i don't even to a point i don't even know if i consciously do it Mm. i think i'm just like i i know if i throw something now at that player that they will really go with with it it. and that and i and i love that as a dm i'm like when i know that a player is like in it and is like going for it then i think naturally i can't help but like uh want to throw more stuff at them and kind of test them and and see what happens yeah Mm. i think Um, i I think that's why jeremy mm. like one of my favorite games i've ever played is with you in the regardi setting is that like i came in with a very like um very uh initially like quite generic idea of like a strong tank right like that's Mm. what i had in my mind (laughs) like just a tank and then that first session like learning very quickly that violence might not be the answer. <laughs> which then led me to the next set of skills, which was begging. You see what I mean? Like, and I would have never gotten there. Begging. Begging. <laughs> begging. <laughs> begging. Oh, and, like, that moment was so real for me. Like, when mm, I said, yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. die, I was almost crying. I was like, I don't want to yeah. die. Like, I really I felt die. it. And then, yeah. and then it just makes the game more fun. And it's more real and you get more attached. And, like, don't, yeah, yeah. don't steal that from yourself um mm. as a dm i will say that i will be getting cleverer and thank you for teaching me your ways <laughs> <Sifu and Sensei. laughs> no problem we will suffer and learn. Yeah. Um, I'd love to throw out like one thing that yeah. this. So this is something I don't consider as fudging dice, mm. and this is kind of like I guess what I what I was interested in, in terms of like the role of the dice. And what I mean by that is like um, I sometimes don't get players to roll where I sometimes would, and I think that there are two ways that you uh-huh. can do this as a way of rewarding players. Mm-hmm. Because, for instance, mm. like Johnny, you guys play with Johnny. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's uh, one of the one of the guys who plays in our in our setting who sadly got torn apart during the Curse of Strahd. Mm. Um, R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. Johnny. Um, you know he he really invests in moments, and there are some times where like he will whack out his actual guitar. He plays a bard. Yeah. He will whack out his actual guitar and start riffing something, like uh, like because he's trying to inspire someone or he's trying to like you know uh, um, uh, tell a tale of something or he's trying to convince someone or deceive someone or whatever and i go i can't make you roll for that like because if you now roll in that one i'm like the guitar (laughs) string breaks do you know what i mean but but like and and so i think that and i and i what i I, there is a caveat to this which is what you absolutely do not want to exclude people who are less comfortable role playing that Mm. is a big thing that i will say Mm. um and i will say that so that works when you're in a environment where people are obviously or like everyone's very comfortable which they are in my campaign everyone's mm. very comfortable role-playing everyone is very uh, up for that um and i think that ultimately it's encouraged people to then 
do you know what I mean? Yeah. To then come up to that level. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Because people are like, oh, I feel like if I really then commit, then do you know what I mean? There's like a mm. reward to it. And also it means it's kind of led to like full scenes, you know, yeah. that like don't get into, like there was a, um, a recent thing where uh, you, uh, you your, your, this party had met uh, like one of the big uh, players in this uh, in this setting and everything uh, that had been built up for quite a while, and I don't think we rolled the dice for about half an hour. Yeah, because we were just toing and froing, and like I, as the DM, forgot to make you ask, like forgot <laughs> to ask for perception, like for persuasion rolls or deception checks. Because we were just in it, toing and froing, and we were just people who had objectives, mm. and eventually it came to a really satisfying kind of compromise. Mm. And I was like, that moment felt really true and honest and awesome. Yeah. And I feel like, so I do think that you can consider the role of the dice. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You can, you can, you can, there are moments where you can just pull back a little and say yeah uh i'm just gonna let my player go with this and see what happens and yeah. truly just role play it do you know what yeah. i mean yeah and then and then equally if there is a an equally as there is a player who is shy or, or less or sort of willing to role play um you can still i i think you can still reward them because if they're like really clever if they say like oh i want i kind of want to do this and this and this and that's actually that's a really clever idea which um, you can still reward that by like saying, oh, I really love that idea. Have advantage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, so or even you can inspiration, kind of give them, which can give them Or even inspiration. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Want. You can yeah. say, right, if this, if this doesn't roll, like, do you know what I mean? You can add a D10 or you can add a D6 or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I think is a really good way of then going like, of still allowing the, the role, uh, the dice to have a role within the storytelling, but you, you're kind of, uh, in some ways, kind of just shaping and guiding the world, which is what we're doing yeah. as, as DMs anyway, yeah, right? You're, yeah. you're just yeah. subtly shaping and guiding I, I the world. I wanted yeah. to uh, say, Jasper, thank you for bringing that up, that other people play differently, because I think that's something that certainly I sometimes forget on the show, is that all three of us are actors, and the yes, people we yeah, play 100%. with are almost exclusively actors, actors so yeah. we tend to play very RP-heavy games. But I'm yes. aware that a lot of games are not, like probably most games are not as RP-heavy. Yeah. Most people are not mm. as comfortable with RP. Yeah. And a lot of people like more straightforward, classic D and D, just going on quests, Technical, getting yeah. loot. You're yeah. not trying to form relationships necessarily. Like you're you're in it for different reasons. And mm. in cases like that, I would still stay true to the. As you're a player, you shouldn't fudge because I complete. No. I think our points yeah. are still absolutely there. Absolutely. And then yeah. if you are a DM. Uh, and you know what your players want. Like if your players want a certain challenge, mm. then I don't think it's necessarily a problem. I don't, but I I don't personally do it, but that's, I don't play it in those games. But if, if your players just want a combat challenge, yeah, fudge some dice. Because yeah. you want mm. them to, if, if, if that's what you're trying to do, or if you're playing with some little kids and you, you don't want the little <laughs> kids to die, um yes and you yes. maybe and it's just supposed to yes. be a fun time adventure yeah maybe and, fudge the dice or and then do they call you on yeah. it and then it's fun and, and tailor it to your group essentially. <laughs> yes and I, and I think that yeah. and i think you, yeah you you've hit the nail on the head there and i think it kind of sums up a lot of what we're saying isn't it is like i think ultimately there is an onus on the dm to uh find the best like m storytelling like beat or moment mm. and 90 i would say 95 percent of that is trusting the dice and allowing the dice to shape your storytelling because like we've said a hundred times in this podcast in this episode alone um uh you know the um you will find something more interesting and more exciting if you just allow that to happen yeah but I think there is like a 5% area where you kind of, uh, where there is a particular beat or a particular moment, uh, which 
it can just get a bit like uh, this is also another thing it can just get a bit like uh messy a bit like uh, like mm. you know you just yeah. want to kind of get through it yeah. do you know what i mean if you're sat there yeah. and your players are going to a library or something yeah. and they want to find a certain piece of information there is only so it's only going to be so interesting if we're just rolling <laughs> dice like history checks exactly. and, and in, yeah. investigation checks for like an hour yeah. do you know what i mean i guess, I guess like in layman's terms just like um i don't know like like in like super basic terms like when you're making a chicken soup know mm. when to stop putting in the pepper Ah, like, yeah. like, just know yes. when to stop putting in the mm-hmm. salt and the pepper. Like, at some mm-hmm. point, the soup is brewing, and it's yes. going well. Sometimes yes. you don't need to ask for that history check because the yes. soup is going very well. Sometimes yeah. it's lacking a bit more carrot, so you ask for an investigation check, and then we mm. get more carrot. Just to bring exactly. it to a very simple analogy. Yeah, exactly, and 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 that is exactly right. If you have planned something as the DM. That like in this library, their assassin is an assassin is round the corner and is going to pounce on them at any moment. And you're rolling perception checks or whatever, and they've just oh they've got a nat twenty. But you notice that your players are currently, you know, in the middle of like some tear jerking piece of role play that's like you know they're having huge revelations because they've just found out that they're a tiefling, which means they're related to this you know demon that they fought and killed earlier and didn't do you know what i mean let yeah don't add the pepper that like allow that moment to happen like your assassin can come back as soon as they leave the library or do you know what i mean like you can be assassin like, walking up with the knife and he's like oh sorry i'm oh, so no no sorry. i didn't want to interrupt you finished this you finished this no this is entirely like, my fault i'm no, so this is sorry honestly, i misread no 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 i i'll attack you yeah i thought that yeah 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 i i've been sent here like you know i've been said somebody but like this you're this going home after this right you. you're going home cool yeah see you there i'll wait for that i'll wait for that i'll wait for that yeah, yeah no worries no worries <laughs> um but you know we, we joke but, yeah. to, but, to, but genuinely i think that there's been quite a few moments like that for me mm. where i've really had, as a dm gone okay this, we don't need this moment yet i'm going to take that moment out again and i'm going to put that in my pocket and we'll we'll do that later mm. um and i think that's a huge part of being a dm is like learning mm. how to just Oh, let things simmer. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, don't go like whole hog. Like don't try and fit everything into the session. Soup in the middle of the winter, <laughs> with the right balance of celery, garlic, ginger, <laughs> carrots, on the bone chicken. <laughs> Perfectly caramelized. You know what I'm talking about. Mm. Yunati's going to have to drop her uh, chicken soup recipe. It's most mm. excellent uh, and will cure uh, any on, cold. On Twitter or something. Yeah. Um, uh, highest tier patrons will receive yeah, a copy. Receive. Of- yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, highest tier patrons, we're going to send you some soup. It might not be good by the time it gets to you, but we're going to send you soup. We'll send you a package of soup. It'll be a bag of soup. We'll put. We'll Just have Yunati pour some in a baggie. And tie it up. <laughs> tie it up, and just send it off and hope. <laughs> Honestly, like, don't joke about that. It's my usual heartbreak move. Every time I meet someone <clears throat> and I make them soup and they get ill, they dump me. Oh no! Whoa. And I make That's it from so... scratch. I roast the chicken from scratch and everything. And <laughs> even... Is is your soup you, secretly you... really bad? <laughs> like, yeah, is that no, what it's, it's, like... it's really good. But like every single time I've made a boy, like like somebody like who needs a boy or a girl or a person, like you know, like I start to look after them, they just kind of go, oh bye. 
Oh wow, that's nobody. Nobody needed to know. Nobody. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we're gonna need to. Uh... <laughs> I, I want to talk more about this history of, of yeah. caring for people and providing for people, and then having them abandon you. Uh, let's talk. This, this is there's something to be plumbed. Yeah, there's, 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 there's my there's, therapist. Not yeah. on the yeah. episode. It's okay. I'm, I'm we'll terribly sorry episode. about that, fans. Yeah, I, I don't Three know where that therapist. came from. I was, I was, Three I was talking about therapist. chicken soup, and then I went down a tangent. My bad. Uh, I think though this this uh, highlights something, which is that I I often feel like when I'm listening back to these episodes, and it descends inevitably into chaos right before the end of the episode, yeah. which is exactly what's just happened there. Right. Um, it's always because I think it gets to a point where like because we talk about such rubbish all the time, like to the point where like it's impossible for us to even end a Zoom call or a session, even when we're not <laughs> even when we're not recording because we just don't stop talking about random stuff. Yeah. It's true. I think it gets to a point on the Zoom where we just completely forget that we're recording an episode <laughs> yeah. of Three Black Art. <laughs> and and then I suddenly that. go, Oh, okay. oh and try and reel it back in. <laughs> like um, yep. too much information, too much information. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Um, but uh, we are sort of getting towards the the end of uh, of this episode, um, and uh, and I hope that you've enjoyed. I've actually really enjoyed talking about the role of the dice. I, I feel like there's like a whole other episode yeah. in here somewhere. Yeah. Um, because we should be- revisit I think this topic. Yeah, I think we should. we should revisit this topic. And I would actually really encourage anyone at home uh, who's listening, send in moments, stories, because I think it's really useful mm. for people to hear, like Jeremy gave, like examples of when this stuff really works mm. and really elevates a, a table and, and a story, mm. because I think it j- just allows people to just relax and just go with the flow and yeah. enjoy the game for what it mm. is and how it was made and etc. Et and and so, yeah, send in the stories of... Uh, uh, like awesome dice related moments um and uh and yeah maybe maybe send some pics of your favorite dice or something because i just got some new we just got some new black lives matter dice mm. and i love that you know like we should set up like a dice appreciation on the discord or something. Yeah. <laughs> just people just post pictures of their favorite dice i've ordered my uh, first dice you making posing kit. with your favorite dice I've ordered yeah, you're making, making dice. Yeah, I've ordered a whole like mold and, and kit and, and all the things. I'm going to start making dice. Whoa, whoa! Three black whoa. halflings are making dice, guys. Uh, Unati is going to be making it's my out of December her jewels. Project. She's going to be melting jewels. down gold, some solid gold. There's going to be a jewel in the side of every uh, dice you order from us. <laughs> and actually, if you just if you just break open that dice and get the jewel, it'll be worth way more than you paid for the dice. <laughs> Take that in for like Bitcoin or something. Next thing you know. Yeah, yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> There's actually one Bitcoin in every dice. Stop <laughs> like a tech startup or something. You just got to plug your dice into the computer and you can download the Bitcoin. <laughs> like just a flash drive inside of. Yeah, exactly. the di- <laughs> <You> just... <laughs> a tiny, the tiniest little drive. <laughs> tiniest little drive. Yeah. Um, but that that is all for us uh, on this week's episode uh, of Three Black Halflings. I hope that you've enjoyed. Uh, we will be back very soon, um, and I hope you have a really, mm. really wonderful day. Yeah. Just whatever you're doing, because your you're special life. and you deserve it. Live your mm. best so, life. Remember, you are loved. You are special. Yes. You are powerful. You are strong. Mm-hmm. Such a Trust big fan of dice. this new Unati voice. Yeah, big. <laughs> fan, I like. Big I like fan. the old voice too, but this new one, man. Do a bit. Do a bit. Peace. Anyway, so long, Shire folks. So long, so long Shire folks. Bye. Bye.